Hello, and welcome to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. Today, we'll hear a discussion about language lessons with director, actor, and co-writer Natalie Morales, moderated by Carlos Aguilar of the LA Times. This conversation was recorded at the Landmark in Los Angeles during the film's opening weekend. Thank you guys for uh, making it out. Uh, my name is Carlos Aguilar. I'm a film critic here in Los Angeles, and it's my pleasure to be here tonight for this conversation with writer, director, and star Natalie Morales. and microphones and everything. Hi. You're all here. That's so nice. <laughs> um, well, thank you for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, yeah, so I, I read, I'll start by, you know, sort of the inception of this. Uh, you have another film that you directed, yeah. <laughs> uh, Plan B, that you guys could watch on Hulu, if you haven't thank yet. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you were making that film when the world sort of changed to the yeah. pandemic. And then how did this come about in that sort of moment? Um, yeah, so uh, I was set to direct my first feature, uh, Plan B, uh, and in March of 2020. And so we know what happened then. <laughs> um, my, my, my like particular brand of anxiety always makes up like some reason I'm not going to get to do the, you know, the, my dream job. Usually it's that I'm going to like crash on the way to work or something. It did not, was not clever enough to think of like worldwide pandemic. <laughs> Oh wait, that's me. <laughs> um, that's the first time I've had like a, a card. It's very exciting for me. Um, anyway, so yes, we got shut down. Uh, we had prepped, we had painted houses, we had bleached people's hair. We had done a bunch of stuff and we got shut down the Friday before the Monday when we were gonna start shooting. And I didn't know if it was coming back or if the world was gonna be coming back or if we were all gonna die. A lot of us did. Um, and it was very scary. It was, a, I mean, it still is scary. But um, then a couple months into lockdown, Mark called me and was like, do you speak Spanish? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And he goes, I have a little, I have an idea. I've been taking some Spanish classes online. Um, and I was like, okay, what's the idea? And he's like, no, that was, that was the idea. And I was like, okay. <laughs> He's like, I want to write a movie about that. Do you want to write it with me? Uh, I don't know what happens. And I was like, all right, yeah, let's, let's figure that out. So then we made this from the time that he called me to the time when we wrapped was like four weeks. Mark Duplass works very fast. We shot this in four days. Um, we shot the end first uh, because I knew I wanted it to end that way. I just didn't know how to get there. <laughs> Um, and then we shot the rest. Uh, and then when I was editing this, Plan B was like, we're coming back. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I have to finish editing this movie. So I, I, I uh, was editing this on the weekends and doing Plan B, filming Plan B uh, in Syracuse. And then this came out uh, in like for Berlin and South by Southwest first. And then Plan B came out in May on Hulu. And now this is out right now. So that was the weird, very... Uh, synergistic <laughs> double debut for me. 
And you know, since you guys, since you said that you guys work so quickly, what was that writing process like? Was it very specific or just ideas and then leave it up for the for the acting to happen? No, definitely not. Um, especially when you're speaking in Spanish and you're speaking in another language. Uh, I speak Spanish, but I'm by no means a Spanish teacher, so I had to get. You know, I, I when I speak Spanish, it's like the Spanish I speak to my mom and my family, which is not proper, <laughs> and and. Uh, Certainly not somebody who you know is on a teaching level. And Mark speaks pretty good Spanish, but not as good as Adam. Um, no, the the writing process of it was very different for me and, and really interesting. So I think when he called me and we talked about it for a little, then we were like, okay, we both want to do this. And then there was that moment of, oh, we gotta write a script now, <laughs> just like a lot of work. Uh, and I and so I was like, hey, okay, how about this? I have an idea. Why don't we both go off our separate ways and we, just as an experiment, write biographies on these two characters and don't tell the other person, like just without consulting, just write your own thing. And then we'll come back together once we figure that out and see where they can intersect and how we can collide these people and what, you know, what they have in common and what they don't have in common. And so we did that. Um, and that was really fun to do. That was really, it really inspired the rest of the story and how we would lay things out and how we would find things out. And so we did write, um, we did write a lot of the scenes, especially all the Spanish stuff, but some of the scenes, um, we knew what we wanted to happen in the scene. We knew what information we wanted to get out and um, we knew maybe some jokes or some little uh, bits of, of, of movement that we wanted, but we also really wanted to keep it feeling supernatural and fresh, so we didn't want it to feel like we had done the scene over and over again, so that we did improvise a lot of the dialogue because we didn't want it to feel canned or like, you know, a conversation that we've already had, you know? It's, even the best actors, like, laughing at the same joke seven times is, does not feel that real, and you can't hide behind a cut because you're on a close-up of both of our faces the entire time. <laughs> so we, we wanted to keep it as fresh and conversational as possible and realistic as possible. How much did you have to help him with the Spanish? Because, I mean, it's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> He's pretty good, right? Um, I didn't have to help him a lot. I mean, sometimes I did. Um, I didn't have to help him a lot. Uh, he was he was pretty pretty good. Yeah. In terms of the visuals, you were talking about the close-ups. I feel like it's also very interesting, you know, way of delivering a movie because uh, we access their intimate spaces, their mm -hmm. home, and you know, it creates a different sort of dynamic. What were you thinking with the uh, with the visual choices when you have these limited spaces? Yeah, well, that's very intentional. You know, I mean, um, most of it was shot well at Mark's house, uh, which was like okay, this is a ridiculous looking place that you have, which I think he ended up feeling self-conscious about and sold it after he, we made this movie. It's like, this is too big, I feel weird. <laughs> um, so uh, so it, we shot, and, and not all of it, but most of it was at in my house, and which is considerably smaller than Mark Duplass's house. But, uh, but we also um, very intentionally made the backgrounds what they were. You know, we wanted it to feel not only for the viewer to not be bored with the same backgrounds, but also to use that to our advantage to inform and, and the story and to tell you more about these characters. She's very, not only is she less well off, but she's also very contained and, and the background has, you know, um, of her classroom has different little things that tell you what's going on in her life. And when he calls her, you know, unexpectedly at the end, it's not the same nice setup that she usually has. And, and, and I, I found, 
I mean, at that point when we filmed it, we weren't all on Zoom as much as we have been now, you know, a year later, but we were already on it a lot. And I think it's interesting, this thing that we do on Zoom it's, is that we, we kind of like over-enunciate and over, um, overdo things with our expressions and our hands and our eyes so that we are understood by the other party. And, and not only that, sometimes maybe we curate what our background looks like so that it's not some big mess in the background, but the other person on the screen can only judge what they see. So they're going, that's who this person is. This is what this background looks like. That's their house. I can see their house. And you make judgments about people. We all do. We do that when we meet them in person. And on Zoom, you get to see a little bit into someone's house, you know? And um, I thought that was really interesting to explore in this. And, and the backgrounds are, are really do inform a lot about the characters if you, hopefully subtly and hopefully subconsciously, but if you watch it more than once, you'll start to notice all the little differences in the background of Cariño every time that you see her and, and in Marks, just, just to give you a little piece of everything that happens, yeah. You know, the, when you were making this, you know, the movie doesn't mention the pandemic. It doesn't, it doesn't acknowledge that. It just happens to be that their distance is, you know, uh, mm -hmm. geographical. Uh, was it because you thought that it wasn't going to last this long or you guys didn't <laughs> make it timeless? Both. Uh, yeah. For some wild reason, we were like, oh, by the time this comes out, COVID will be old news. And everyone will be like, God, this movie is dated. Um, that's not the case, which is really sad, but also when we were making, it was a decision, we really did talk about it because like you saw at the end there, um, we shot that first. So I was like, if she came from the airport, she would be wearing a mask. Um, we have to figure this out. Uh, and we decided like, we were already sick of it. We were already sick of seeing people with masks and were being reminded of it. So we wanted to offer ourselves and our audience a little bit of that escapism. We also wanted the movie to be a little bit more evergreen. So it was a mixture of both. It was like, A, we didn't think, we thought it might be over. B, we didn't want to remind people of this time. And we wanted to give you that escapism. And we wanted the movie to live in a time that wasn't so narrow. Hopefully it is a narrow point of time. Yeah. You know, as a director who's also, you know, acting in the film, how did that sort of relationship work when, when you're shooting this in, in, on screens? Yeah, it's, it was interesting. I'd say the weirdest part of it is seeing yourself, um, which I xed out a lot because I, I, you you get like I don't want to perform for myself <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know it was it was really interesting to be totally alone in my house and acting in a movie <laughs> like that was just so so weird um but it was fun you know because once the thing that happens what I was explaining before about about the zoom calls is that you have this artifice right but once you're on like five Zoom calls with the same person over and over again, you start to drop that, you know, and you start to just kind of relax. And that's what ended up happening with me and Mark and, and the really small crew of people that we had on these Zoom calls with us. We, we shot this on, on separate uh, webcams, separately from the Zoom calls, but we also sh were looking at each other through Zoom when we did this. So I was able to like get right in my computer space and look at Mark, which is really kind of cool to get to do that, you know? So it was, it was, it's, it's nice to, I think sometimes constraints can be very inspiring and very, um, at least for me, I guess I, I like, I like the aspect of problem solving. So it's kind of fun to find what you can do within limitations. 
I love the the aspect of language in this film because I do feel like it, it sort of changes the dynamic. You know, she's bilingual, and then we see him really having to think about the words that he has to say. So there's sort of a different thought process. Uh, was that something that you were thinking about when making a movie so related to language? Yeah, I mean, it, it was, I think, something that I realized while making this is that when you're not speaking in your primary language and when you're struggling to speak something, you only know your, your vocabulary is shorter, you're instantly more vulnerable and you're instantly more open because all you can do is get the bare, the bare thing out. You can only go like, I want food. You can't go like, oh yeah, sure, I'm feeling a little bit peckish. You know, you can't like hide a, a, a among your vocabulary and your words. You ha you, the only thing you have is what you mean. And, um, and that was really kind of fascinating, especially when it came to Mark. And I think for Mark, performing in, his, in, a, in a language that he doesn't know was both challenging and, um, and also opened that up for him, where he couldn't hide behind some, some other word. He had to just get out what he needed to get out. Okay. Yeah. You know, when, when you're making a movie like this, I feel like the, the median sort of thought is that, you know, the message is that it's hard to make connections over the internet, and I feel like the movie gets that sort of like, how much can you really know a person or the assumptions that we make? But, you know, eventually you know, the movie, you know, sort of disproves that and there can be a connection. What were your thoughts on that? Well, there's more than just um, their locations that separates them, you know? It's, it's their genders, it's their... Um, it's their sexual preference, it's their um, class, it's their language, it's their culture, um, it's their ethnicity, it's, it's all of these different things that we, um, that separate us on an everyday uh, level and that actually mean nothing. They, they're all, those things are all just as surface as a Zoom call is because you can, you can connect with people that are very different than you in a different, completely different place than you, and you can find connection in a, in very unexpected places. And I think, I mean, now more than ever, that's what we're all craving. We're all craving that you know someone that understands us. You know, we're we're very divided, not only as a country, but I think globally, there's just a lot of like division and a lot of like stress, and everybody's having a hard time and. I mean, when we were making that, that Mark was the first person I'd hugged in months, and it made me cry. <laughs> you know, so like we 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 were literally in need of physical connection as well. So, um, yeah, that's a big theme of this movie because uh, it was true to what we were feeling at the time, and I think true to what I'm you know I'm I'm still feeling, and I know a lot of people are still feeling. Were you were you looking? for something, you know, to act in Spanish? Had you had the opportunity to sort of like exercise that, that language muscle in acting? No, I, I wasn't looking for it. It was Mark that called me and, and brought it in. And, and I'm so happy that he did because I, I had never acted in Spanish before. It's my first language. I, my, my entire family are Cuban refugees and my grandparents only spoke Spanish and they raised me and I only, you're leaving, how dare you? No, I'm just kidding, bye, have a good night, it's okay. It's totally okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm getting so emotional and you're leaving. Um, no, they're fine, it's okay. <laughs> um, they just don't care about human connection. Um, <laughs> uh, no, so, so it, it's my first language, but I think that I really realized making this movie and, and through everything that happened last year in, in, in connection with race and in connection with uh, 
being a minority is that I realized, honestly, how far back I had pushed this part of myself in order to succeed in this country. Um, I think that starting out in this business, I was like, I can't be too Latina or I won't get the role. I can't wear red to auditions or I'll look too Latina. I can't wear hoop earrings or I'll look too Latina. Because I knew, just from experience and just from seeing other people, my peers around me, that the people that like in my community were very funny and very good actors weren't getting roles because the people hiring them did not have that perspective. And so I was like, I know, I know what they want, and I know what that comedy is. I mean, I, I, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I grew up on television. I mean, I, I had a single mom who worked all the time, and my grandparents were the ones taking care of me, so which means I watched tons of television. And so I really liked and knew comedy so, so well, and I, and I was raised on this like American television, and I knew that I couldn't have a Miami accent, and I knew that I would just be more successful if I was more palatable to the people on the other side, but it was really it was really subconscious. It was not a conscious thing until very recently that I was like, I mean, this is not, this is how I talk. I don't, I'm not faking my voice, but I did, I did try to speak more neutrally in order to be a more successful actor, and, and the truth is, is that that is what was needed at the time. And so this is so meaningful to me because a lot of my family hasn't been able to enjoy the work or watch the work that I've done because they don't understand it because it's all in English. And this is something that they'll understand for the first time. And that means so much to me. And I, and I'm, I feel, I don't know if it's a product of just me getting a little bit older or getting a little bit more confident or just 2020 making me like give no fucks and like not have any time for bullshit anymore. But I, I just feel a lot more accepting of who I am and where I come from and what my roots are. And, and it, is, it is a difficult thing to be, you know, a children of immigrants and a, child, a, children, a child of immigrants and it, because you're kind of stuck between these two worlds. You, I mean, people talk about that all the time, but it's true. Like, I'm not really as Cuban as them or as how I was raised, and I'm not as American as the peers that, that I, I have, so I kind of feel like I don't know where I belong, but now I know that I belong exactly where I am and that I belong also with a foot in these two worlds and that who I am as a person and my experiences and my thoughts and my opinions and my tastes and the way that I dress and the way that I express myself are just as valid and just as worthy of being hired, and just as uh, important as anybody else's. And that took me a while to learn, but I did learn it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Have, have your parents or your family members seen the film already? Yes. Um, they're not, my, not my extended family. They're going to see it in Miami uh, next week, I think. But um, my, my immediate family saw it and was like very, very happy about it, which was really meant a lot to me. Before we wrap, I have to ask you about this story of the student and the boyo. Is that <laughs> taken from reality or was it made up? It felt very yes. real to be made up. No, it was very real. Uh, it happened. My <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm so glad you asked me. <laughs> um, so yes, my family is all Cuban, and um, my my mom, before she was married to my stepdad, he came over for a dinner, and he's Argentinian. And we were all at dinner, my, my grandparents were meeting him, and it was they were kind of sussing him out, and he was like, can you pass the pussy, please? And my grandmother was like, 
And it was very funny to, uh, you know, a 13-year-old me. I could not stop laughing. That's, you know, one of those kind of stuck in both worlds. I kind of knew what he meant, and I knew what my grandmother thought, and there was no explaining. It was just so funny. So I thought it was a good place to use it. Was he embarazado? He was very embarazado, yeah. <laughs> he was very embarazado. Thank but you, he's Natalie. still my stepdad, so he made it through. It was good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Thank Annalie. you so much. Thank, Thank you, everybody, everybody for coming. You're all so wonderful. Please stay safe. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. If you want to hear more conversations with filmmakers about the latest independent, foreign, and documentary films opening at Landmark Theatres, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit our podcast website at landmarktheaters.podbean.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel for videos of Q&As and other exclusive content. See you next time.